Hey, hi, I'm Ashwin. Welcome to the Ashwin Palagar Show. The theme for today's episode is foreign education, or you can call it as higher education too. So, for today's episode, we have a guest with us. He is Nikhil, the founder of Foreign Admits. Hi, Nikhil. Good to have you here. How are you doing? Hi, great to you know be on the show, and I believe your audience is amazing. So, yeah, feels good. Yeah, it's good. Good to have you here. So I just introduced you as a founder of Foreign Admits. Can you introduce more about yourself to our audience? Sure. Yeah. Hi guys. Uh, this is Nikhil. Uh, Nikhil Jain from Foreign Admits. Born, brought up in Calcutta. Came from class background. Did IIT BHU in 2011 to 2016 as a mining engineer. Then went on to pursue a PhD from IIT Bombay. Um, Manash University's joint PhD, and it's a profound year. I took a leap of faith, uh, understanding the basic issues in the higher education system, the fundamental flaws, and started for an admits in 2018, and uh, joined the company though formally as a full-time employee in 2020. And it's been a long experience where we have served more than 20,000 students all across India, and uh, yeah, and the journey begins uh, or starts with the same motive. to make an informed career choice and to enable the masses of india or even the globe to make an informed career choice when they are going to pursue their education yeah it was really inspiring nikhil so what actually foreign admits do so when we look at uh, study abroad the whole market is fragmented and uh, we started foreign admits with the simple motive of first hand experience to the students who are going to take career step like going for their masters of or bachelors abroad what we have observed is in india couple of things that people do once in a lifetime like buying their house buying a car or studying abroad okay they don't do it more frequently so it's a very big investments for them emotionally financially mentally and all but all of these investments usually end up the better productive returns because they have this kind of lack of class or they don't trust the information on the internet because of information asymmetry and the entire education process is there and you need to have a depth understanding of the place or the country or the college or the university and the career prospects to be able to go there and to study so what essentially we did was connecting uh, relevant people who are actually been there who have gone through the journey learning from the people who have actually done the same things which you wanted to do and are successful in their lives so that's where we started as a mentorship platform it's a highly automated digital and personalized platform where you can connect to the relevant mentors who would match into your journey needs and get a more first hand fresh perspective and then we started a 360 degree kind of a product where you get an end to end guidance we become a journey partner for you starting from helping you discover your relevant career choices using data using personalized experiences guidance and all and then we help you narrow down your choices to certain career aspects or in job profiles or certain aspirations that one needs to fulfill and uh, people have very i would say limited kind of aspirations either they want to go abroad for a bigger career change or they want to go for an immigration purpose they want to settle there and never look back or else they want to get a branded college experience which they never had in their lives you know or they want to pursue quality education but they have very limited budgets 
and they have to have a flexible education system so fulfilling these aspirations in this very uh, i would say difficult seeing the education curriculum that we have but your university all over the world uh, and few parts in the us and canada have flexibility so when we uh, look towards mentorship then student goes with the application process the scholarship search the bigger problem is how do i know which university gives me what scholarship based on that i can tailor my applications so our platform is highly automated digitized and there is a big uh, role that ai plays in getting that personalized career choices solved but then ai alone cannot solve the entire problem and that's where we connect the students with our 500 plus mentor network admission officers professors from different universities so that they can get a first hand experience and then once they secure an admission with our guidance then finding the relevant loan partner is a partner or a forex partner or accommodation you know planning these small small things make sense because they helps in the long term value getting a right loan is a very critical option you know uh, because it kind of hits on your financial planning a lot then if you're going to stay uh, for the bachelor students accommodations are really important because they are first time out of their country for you know away from the parents getting stay in accommodation in bus car these services are for uk for a particular board gives you that kind of personalized information about those university on that location around the needs of you so that you don't have to open google or any kind of hundreds of tabs you get everything under one roof and as what you need it so that way it's a very connected platform and then we have a community where students get to interact with like minded other people co partner with them while they're traveling and all sorts of those things so it's a highly i would say automated personalized authentic guidance platform but at the same time it's made of corporate uh, students aspirational needs because we understand if you talk about quality cost comes as a big hindrance the way we have tweaked our business model we have considerably reduced the cost compared to the current market players who are really good but they are very costly to afford by the middle class indian flights because we represent that typical indian middle class so that's why it's a highly modularized if someone is only mentorship they can pick up mentorship someone is only scholarship they can pick up scholarship they don't need to get everything even if they get everything the price points is very affordable for any indian students to do it because of technology and automation we are able to do it is good to hear so like before deciding whether to go uh, for i mean uh, for an education or not so that decision plays an important role like what to choose and where to choose is secondary so how to decide uh, whether uh, we can go for foreign education or not i mean what is that factor absolutely i think this is a very interesting question and one of the most important question that i always speak to my students that why do you want to go abroad what's the purpose and the aspiration has usually been the purpose it's not always that you get a quality education you go and study abroad there are quality education options in india also the roi might be up up and down that's fine but then the cost is also phenomenally low compared to abroad education so what we understand from the student is what is their aspirational needs and why they believe their aspirational needs is going to get fulfilled if they are going abroad do they know about the experience of going abroad or not what is the whole experience going to look like because it might be a lonely journey it might be a lot of personal maintenance that we need to do a personal control over it they might need to live on their own 
they would get mature but then that mature comes at a cost right part of the app uh, the interchange it would not be as theoretical as here we have it might be more engaging more practical more rigorous also are they ready to take up that goals and challenges and if basically suffice their needs then yes then studying abroad make people care they don't have even let's a couple of lakhs also first study you might need to for your expenses you know up front because then the scholarship may come little late up and down and you can't be totally denied so are you having that loan criteria loan understanding also or not so those things that you know ideally students miss out and that uh, particular thing we first educate the student then we ask for the decision making because educating a student is the first thing because if they are going abroad the typical difference before us and after us that we make in the student's life is conviction if they have gone through our first initial round of counseling then they are more having more conviction of going abroad or staying in india not every student that we recommend to go abroad few students who have budget issues or family issues or particular responsibility issues so always recommend them hey you sort your problems out you can study in india if you need there are good options in public and private domain you can plan for that education and you can still excel in your career it's not about a foreign degree is going to make a big difference uh, to everyone's life yes to many people life it will make a difference but then are you ready for that difference also that is also one another question and not everyone's going to afford it because i came from a, a typical indian low middle class background where studying abroad was not even imaginable because studying was not even imaginable for my case so when i look back that way you still can do it it's not impossible even if you come from a low middle class or a low class background you just have to work hard enough and that time frame do you have that time frame to be able to work hard enough or not are you able to afford that time frame if you're not able to afford it do not dream of something which is not right now feasible okay so then it would be like a miscalculation of the entire i would say career planning and it really jeopardize and put students on a much bigger financial or societal pressure and that's something also we don't want when the kids go abroad that's good to hear so what are all the different ways so like if an individual decides to go out uh, and study abroad so what are the different ways to get a foreign uh, university admission i mean i mean uh, what are the sure. different exams available kind of things i understand so if a person is going in the bachelor's uh, life cycle like after 12th and going for their, their bachelor's bsc bba uh, bs bms the different kinds of bachelor's course then ideally they need to give an english test okay if they don't come from an ib school like okay. 1% or less than 1% of the indian students study at ib school rest other comes from a normal school background like me so then you have to give an english uh, proficiency test which is like toefl or well recognized proficiency test or ielts by british council so these two or pte is also there nowadays duolingo is also opened up but ideally students give toefl or ielts because they have okay. more validation than pte or duolingo because few countries still are able not able to recognize these so toefl or ielts is the one test that you always need to give then the secondary test comes under the aptitude domain which is sat you can give an sat and then subject wise sats are also there depending on the kind of subject that you want to pursue 
SAT is ideally needed in US, where they also consider aptitude test. In other countries, they recommend SAT, but it is not mandatory. If the profile is good, without SAT also, you can get an admission. So in bachelor's, the minimum one test is SAT, uh, sorry, uh, TOEFL or IELTS, or else add-on test for US is SAT or ACT also, which is an alternative to SAT. Now, when person from college, let's say BTEC student or BBA student planning for their master's or MBA or PhD on that note, then also they need to give one test, which is an English proficiency test, which is TOEFL or IELTS. In very, very few cases, some universities may give a letter of their English proficiency. And in some countries, in some colleges, you may not give to have to give IELTS or TOEFL. Like in UK, many universities do accept if your previous educational background has been in English. You may not need to give IELTS or TOEFL, but the top-notch ones always gonna, you have to give it because the competition is that way. So IELTS or TOEFL, your TOEFL or IELTS, you need to give one. The other exam that you might need to give is again based on the aptitude, which is GRE or GMAT. So GRE stands for Graduate Record Examination, GMAT stands for Graduate Management uh, Aptitude uh, I think Test. So GRE or GMAT are the two tests that you need to give. If you're going for MBA or management courses, people prefer GMAT. If you're going for technical courses, people prefer GRE. However, in management now, you can even give GRE and go there because it is widely acceptable all over the world, even in MBA also or MIM. So GRE is one of the tests that you would need to give and it has quantitative and verbal section. One is more towards the mathematics, logical reasoning and aptitude. One is more towards the reading comprehension and writing skills. So these are the two sections. Ideally, if you have to layman terms, you have to qualify. It's maths area and English area. These are the two areas that you need to work upon. And then TOEFL and IELTS are basically reading, speaking, listening and writing. So these are the four uh, parameters on which you are being tested in TOEFL and IELTS. So these are the two tests. The GRE and GMAT are ideally needed for US and for MBA because in MBA, aptitude tests are usually given mandated. But in some of the, again, B schools in UK, you may not need uh, GMAT or GRE, uh, but it is recommended to try and get that. So these are the basic tests that someone needs when they're planning for their bachelor's or master's or MBA. And the ideal time frame for GRE, GMAT or SAT is two to six months. If someone is really, really poor in their aptitude or English, they have never been. So two to six months is the uh, you know, okay. aggressive to a passive timeline. If someone is planning for TOEFL, ideally one to two months is the usual timeline. One to three months you may take. One month is the average timeline that people take. Three months is for people who are taking them maybe from Hindi medium or maybe from a regional board. They never had an English medium. So that way you might take a little bit of time. Okay, that's cool. So apart from these exams, so what prerequisites are generally needed in order to be eligible for a foreign admission? So in higher education, when we're looking at bachelors, your transcripts, okay. your uh, test scores, sometimes a letter of recommendation from the teacher, uh, your essays are going to be really important in many universities. They ask for essay. Uh, many universities don't even ask for essay. And then your uh, English proficiency test or your SAT scores. These are the primary documents that you would need and a resume. And resume consists of all your academic and scholastic or uh, extracurricular achievements. These are the few things that you would need for your bachelor's. And then the round progresses. Some university may conduct an interview also for scholarship and admission. For that also, you might need to be prepared. So for bachelors, just listing down few documents, your trans, your uh, school, uh, uh, basically board transcript, your predicted scores. If you did, haven't gotten your scores, 
you might get a predicted scores list or your class 11th uh, mark sheets if you haven't gotten the 12th yet then your test scores like ielts toefl sat act then you might need a letter of recommendation from your teachers or your internship mentors and then your uh, this thing uh, statement of purpose or the essay for a particular university that why do you want to apply what made you apply all of those things that you would be answering them that would ensure scholarships also for uh, masters or mba or uh, you know mim or phd you have a little bit of a different requirements you would need your mark sheets you would need a transcript ideally okay if you are applying in 7th sem you, some of you may not have a transcript ready then all the previous mark sheet combined together you would need that the secondary thing that you would need is your resume the th third thing that you would need is couple of letters of minimum two letters of recommendations from your professors with whom you have worked with or your supervisors or your mentors internship mentors or internship supervisor or from your bosses from the job where you are doing okay so two letters of recommendation and in technical domain basically in masters of science you would need one sop which is statement of purpose which is ideally one document which justifies who you are why you want to study why this university why this course what next and why your candidature is strong enough that is something you will be answering in mba however you have multiple essays they might want to judge you on your personal professional social backgrounds so there might be three to seven essays also and then some video interviews also so they want to judge you on the overall thing and uh, so yeah, apart from the, these limited documents like sop lor resume transcript test scores uh, and your ielts toefl scores you would need uh, you know essays and interview prep and all of these documents ideally takes one to one and a half months to get everything properly in place for all the universities that you are on apply that's a whole lot of information so how important it is to find the right mentor when opting for foreign education i think it is very critical and a little subjective someone who has a very good clarity of what they want to do and why they want to do they may not need a mentor to some extent Okay. but i feel everyone needs a mentor in whatever the process because this entire higher education planning to admission process is a one year yes. so there are stages which we don't know even getting two admissions and then comparing between universities where we should go some university is offering x scholarship some is offering y scholarship how do i plan my career so there you need mentorship choosing the right set of university you would need a mentorship choosing a right set of career in a right kind of a country you would need mentorship yeah choosing about a particular scholarship how does one approach towards the scholarship there are reputed scholarship like erasmus mundus reliance dhirubhai amani tata scholarship kc mahindra knight and so many scholarships are and you have never applied them so what is the psyche of the admission committee how they evaluate what is the aspirational value they look at so there are so many nitty gritty things which you get from someone who has actually done that so mentorship is very critical and it helps you do few things reduce the number of mistakes which ideally you are going to do it for sure because of their experience fasten the process which you would have taken you would be taking time for 6 weeks 8 weeks and you might do it in a couple of days only because now you know things which you never knew which you were ideally going to explore and then enrich the quality of application the quality of your work the quality of your research with their own experiences so that you do a quality application saving time with reduced errors the high chances of success and then you go with a better conviction to a particular country you take up a right loan lender that itself is a very big thing 
do you take a non collateral loan or a collateral loan or a cosigner loan or a non cosigner loan a lot of us we don't know the value of each other and when we spend some time we still may not know because the internet is filled with more seo based or asymmetric information we don't know what information to be trusted and that's where the personalized uh, first hand experience makes a lot of sense and that's where i find mentorship is really critical if you nail down if you want to nail down on your applications you want to get in a good university with full conviction yep that's good so most of the people in general and most of the people i came across choose country and college first then they choose uh, which course to do like what is the best way according to you uh, to choose between ms or mba or other pg courses i mean this is specific for people who completed ug yeah i understand and those kind of people have a different aspiration okay their aspiration is to get into that country and do something and settle there and probably get a job and spend more and more time there okay they are not worried more about what kind of course they want to go ahead ideally that's not a very i would say appropriate way to uh, you know approach a problem because in that case you might struggle with job problems because you never knew what you needed you just wanted to get into that particular pack and that's where people often find driving uber or i i'm not saying driving yeah. an uber is a bad thing but then that was not the purpose you wanted to go you are a mechanical engineer going for masters in mechanical engineering or something and then in the end you are driving an uber you are not making use of your engineering you might have taken a driving lesson and been a better driver that way okay so those are the few things that you essentially have to first nail down what kind of course would make sense for you once you understand the course then you would be able to justify which country and which university would make sense that way you would never face a problem with getting a good job because you know what course you are doing and that is the essential element you are not studying for the sake of study because ideally in that case which you mentioned when people choose a country and a university and then figure out the course their ideal intent is to get the visa the study visa here the option is different the meritorious students who get successful in their career they first pick a course then they pick a college or set of colleges which are going to fulfill them with the course needs they understand what they are going to get in that course and then they look towards the visa criteria of those universities country and then they understand where the uh, jobs are where the companies are where i want to work at and based on that they select and finalize a bunch of countries not just one country ideally okay that way people are open people when they restrict themselves they might have certain personal aspiration maybe my relatives in usa i want to go that zone so that i can save on my uh, you know living cost so and again the conviction is lower there because they are not confident whether they would get in canada with a good funding or whether they will be able to survive and do job because ideally if you go in a neutral thought you can get into any university you can get an admission you can get a job also provided you follow certain process people who miss a couple of process they always have certain constraints over their choices yeah so when we are looking at let's say ms mba or other courses mim msba finance so ideally when people are looking to shift towards technical domain which is good in a uh, few years of your engineering if you are in engineering or even if you are doing dba and all so you can look towards masters because that gives you a depth of your subjects masters are always realized and recognized to give you depth of that subject knowledge mba on the other hand is more for the working professionals or someone which comes with a lot of experience 
ideally a broad mba is not given to freshers there's a very strong reason to that because it's an over the uh, i would say over uh, you know a course which basically touches the surface for a broader area but never gets you into the depth of it when you have to have a macro view of it then mba is good if you want to have a micro view and a detailed understanding of it then you basically go for your masters same way mim is ideally a preferred course designed in a structure of an mba but for a micro view and that is for freshers mba that's how ideally we call it as a freshers mba msba is there mif is there so mba now has a lot of competition and alternatives if you are going for masters in a particular field because that way the course cost is very low mba is always going to be expensive compared to masters masters may cost you let's say 20000 cost is straight away 50000 so you got to be even open if you are having 3 to 5 years of experience you can look towards masters or mba both but then you have to also look towards your finances and the roi mba is going to give you higher roi provided you have a clarity of what you are doing masters is going to give you substantially higher roi but not higher than mba on that note but they would give you a stable good job to be able to work 3 to 5 years in a particular domain and then look towards a managerial position and then probably look at mba that's clear and how to choose the right country so in general most of them will go for us or uk and if they fail to get an admission they drop their um, i mean goal of uh, doing a masters yeah i think choosing a country or a course are nowadays uh, it's more peer driven or a more advertisement or a trend pressure driven which is factually a, a stupid way of choosing a country okay if you are looking at us yes 25% of the entire study abroad population goes to us okay but are all of them making success no so you have to understand what is your profile what is your aspirations you want to get a good job are you open to spend $50000 and get a good uh, probably a good commercialized education though uh, and be in the competition which would be a little bit ruthless and then if you are ready to even come back if you don't get a job are you have that risk taking ability then probably us is good okay if you are looking towards a core engineering course a little bit more research oriented a little bit more slower side of it where the salaries may not be as high as us but it's going to be substantially good but you would have a little bit more comfort doing things okay in that case europe is ideally a better choice because europe is low cost education so financial pressure is very low on that note europe is more flexible education us you will not have a flexibility one year you did your masters one year you worked and then other year again you did your masters second year it would not be easier in us but in europe you have these kinds of flexible options you have apprenticeship come work you can go 3 days in college 3 days in job so those things are very flexible in that however europe has a little bit of a disadvantage for in, uh, non uh, native europeans because they don't know their local language and europe is a little bit more language preferred country if you're going to france you might need to learn french and that's very common because if you are you know planning to get into their job environment you need to be able to talk to their people and their people if they prefer uh you know a european language you need to learn that so that you can get a better job so every country has their own pros and cons requirements uh, or i would say constraints on that note you have to abide by that so us expensive uh visa issues might be there after h1b also you might be again thrown out of the country if the visa norms are not satisfied europe might have a language barrier though the visa issues are not there but the language barrier might be there okay and uh Canada on the other side is very cold country 
it's very friendly and it's highly growing country highly growing country will definitely have a little bit more competition than others okay scandinavian countries not much known the degrees though are very very good in terms of the research exposure in terms of the curriculum in terms of the international global partnerships and student support and opportunities but they never do their publicity compared to the european universities or us universities so they usually have less students they prefer to have 30 students let's say per batch and okay. they're okay with that they will give you free education but language again might be there same way even if you're considering australia which is more commercialized expensive education but then the jobs are also decent that way competition is there uk now has become better if you're looking at uk the postgraduate work visa has improved but again their the country's entire health uh, healthcare condition is struggling the inside curriculum is not well updated as what i've seen from the students thing so there are pros and cons to each of the countries you have to understand what pros and cons you are okay with okay you want to stay longer canada may be good australia may be good europe may be good now uk may be good us is never a good option for a longer stay back because you may not know when you are going if you want if you are okay with the french or a you know german language europe is the best option for you because that way you would have more gateways to be open so all those pros and cons needs to be well balanced and don't shy away from learning a language because learning a language is always preferred in us also and in europe also because it also opens up for you in the job to be able to work in a us company for german clients let's say or work in a german company for international clients makes sense and like one thing people will get easily uh, messed up is rejections so when applying for foreign educations ultimately people will face rejections or it might be rejection in exams it might be rejection in admission whatever it is so how to handle them in an effective way i think this is a bigger part of life than even the application process we face rejections from the very early days of our career okay might be a school might be a peer or a parent or a close one or an opportunity first thing that we need to learn is learn to accept rejections and rejection is nothing but it just didn't work out the way you wanted because their ways might not be suitable for you i take it that way what they wanted is what i didn't have so that's fine or what i have is not what they want so that's fine so it's just it didn't work out yeah. it's not that you are not qualified enough you are not good enough okay you might be good enough that's why they have considered you to review it okay it's just not what they want they are getting better than you what you have right now so either you have to be better accept the competition be better and try next year try again okay have patience i remember one of my cousin but four times into oxford it's it's next to impossible to get like four times acceptance into oxford but for the first three times she didn't get full funding and she was hell bent i need to get full funding if i'm not getting full funding i'm not going three times she didn't get fourth time she got one of the topmost scholarship in the entire uk and in the europe and she went just she, she has a patience to be able to wait for it and at the same time she was working on a profile improving herself every year showcasing that improvement college would like that so why would oxford not give an admit to a person they are giving is it that the funding part is limited so she might not have cut that bar criteria for other people because others may be better than her and the others would have gotten but this year she got the funding and she is well studying in oxford right now so handling rejections in the positive spirit is very important and when you are looking at rejections for university rejections it's okay 
the reason people get university rejections is well, number one thing the profile and the competition this year let's say we saw a huge volume of applications even the tier 2 universities are getting so many any applications that the normally when a person would have get gotten selected might get rejected because of the volume of competition just like it happens in iit to 15 like people go but only 9000 seats are there na so that is where we have to understand you have to apply early to avoid those rejections okay rejections is definitely not bad to have but again if we can avoid it it's nothing better than that so we need to apply early we need to have a good application a properly written and uh, original authentic application not like a copy paste uh, sopies and all so that way we would have a better conviction on our applications and universities love that when you have a crystal clear clear goal in your application that way they would be more uh, i would say inclined to select you than to reject you makes sense so once after getting an admission um, into a specific country or specific university what are the immediate things that one should keep in mind before going and joining into a particular college okay so once you get an admit okay the first thing that you need to look towards is your visas and loans and your scholarships okay if you are applying to any scholarship just look towards are there any follow up applications coming for scholarships because there might be fee waivers there might be tuition fee waivers there might be some kind of scholarship that the university can offer okay look towards that that's the number one thing find out all the scholarships on the university site speak to the program committee understand if there are any other scholarship that you can explore okay look towards that and finalize that okay secondly you might be given a deadline to pay your fees that by this time you need to pay your fees understand how you want to pay your fees do you have the cash right now to pay the fees we want to take a loan later on or now what is the good loan lender look like do you have collateral to pay off your loans because the loan process might take time it might take on an average 7 days a uh, minimum to 20 30 40 days also so that is very difficult time sometimes people get an admit but they did not get a loan so the civil score might be an issue the collateral might be an issue or the interest rate might be an issue for the students so there are uh, non collateral loans versus collateral loans versus cosigner loans all of these things needs to be understood that way either you prepare for all of these process upfront so that once you get it you know the checklist what needs to be done yeah. or else if you don't know it if you haven't prepared for it then loan then your visa because for visa you might need a loan sanction letter or the funding proof if you have fixed deposit by your parents if you have your own saved money or if someone from your family is sponsoring you you might need to do the paperwork for that you need to get that funding approval receipts on that so that the visa can give, be allotted and after your admit the two things only that usually people struggle with is loan and visa because people who doesn't have a clear visa understanding they struggle with the visa part the people who doesn't have a loan understanding they struggle with the loan part and for these things ideally we have our platform we have a mentor that quickly solve these problems either you don't know you take help or you try to do it at in time okay makes sense and like if people who are watching this um, with goals of higher education so how to approach foreign admits okay so we have bunch of channels we are digitally super active okay uh, if you connect to us on linkedin to me or to any of the team members uh, our instagram is hyper active you can follow us on instagram the name is simple foreign admits as you can see here yeah. okay and uh, you can eventually go to our website there is a form you can submit that form you can always talk to us on facebook page 
our numbers are pretty much given on the website our office address is given though we are 100% online company you may not see us on the office all the time because of the nature of the kind of work that we do people from different parts of the country different parts of the world are mentoring you so it's a 100% digital trusted authentic seamless process so you can always find us on the website on the social media platforms for sure i will add all those links in the description even you can uh, find in the description and thanks nikhil uh, thanks for joining with me uh, we got some really good insights and tips about foreign education i think it also covers some of the myths about foreign education too so yeah once again thank you for accepting my invitation and i hope it helps everyone who are watching this thank you thanks rishan thanks for bringing me to the show i hope everyone gets a clear education path make an informed career choice so that you could be winner and you could be the mentor for tomorrow yeah thank you and thank you everyone for watching this please like and share this in your network and let others know about foreign education tips and tricks thank you